The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 269 of the podcast. Or you're joining me live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Or as far as I know, we're still on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Last show of 2021. For those keeping track, the date is December the 31st, 2021. And um, the show got pushed back a few days. I was up in New York uh, visiting family for the holidays. And things got all kinds of messed up. I was supposed to meet up with the animal. And he had some sick folks in his house. So we called that off. I had a sick little one at home. So the trip had to be pushed back a little bit. It was all kinds of messy. But in any case, I did find the time to get one last show in for the year. I've got some awards, I guess you could say. More like superlatives. I have nothing to award anybody. It's just my opinion on some of the things that I enjoyed most throughout the year. Such as my favorite whiskeys that I discovered this year. Which I have two of them sitting right here next to me. I'll get to that in a little bit. Some bad news to start off the show. A little bit of a bummer. But um, unfortunately, Jeff the Animal Wilson is going to have to take another hiatus from doing the podcast. He's got some personal stuff he needs to work out with his job. And um, I'll leave it at that. But if you want to go ahead and, and wish Jeff well, Please do so at animal underscore Wilson on Instagram for the time being. Uh, you can reach out to him there. I'm sure he would love to hear from everybody. Uh, he wishes that he could have been on the show to uh, do the awards and, and recap the year and, and fun stuff like that. But I'm going to have to be solo. Uh, as far as the plan for the show in 2022, um, uh, I'm going to keep doing weekly episodes uh, I'll do them by myself for a little while. And like the last time Jeff went on hiatus, I'll start, uh, I'll start bringing, uh, I'll start bringing in special guests um, each week. We already got hashtag bring Jeff back. The, <laughs> the fans demand it, Jeff. I know you're listening. Everybody misses you and uh, hopefully a speedy return. But, uh, you know, we'll find a way to survive without the animal, uh, at least for the beginning of 2022. He said it's not permanent, but he's just got some things he's got to take care of. And, you know, I'm sure everybody can understand. Sometimes life gets in the way. You got to prioritize. You know, family always comes first above everything else. And then. You know, you got your work, you got to be able to take care of your family. And then it's, it's whatever you care about after that. So I got a bunch of fun stuff that, that I kind of planned out. I made notes and everything, guys, this is unheard of in, in six plus years doing this podcast. I think I've taken notes a handful of times. Here's one of the only times I took notes for the show. It says, one, drink bourbon, two, turn on microphone. And these are my show notes pretty much for every single show, um, except sometimes I'm drinking scotch, so I don't follow these notes. I have a separate set of backup notes that I use for, for those such occasions. But that's how it is. You know, it's pretty freeform around here, as you guys well know. Um And Mark Fellows tuning in, letting us know that 2022 has been awesome so far. 
uh, since he's in Australia, it is in fact 2022 over there. So thanks for the heads up, Mark. I'm glad things are looking up. You missed the announcement that Jeff the Animal Wilson has to take a uh, brief hiatus on from the show to take care of some personal matters. But um, uh, we're going to kick things off in 2022 with a bang anyway. So let's start with the categories. Let's be honest that you're all here for the whiskeys of the year. 2022 and i decided to make two categories for this one so i could drink more than one thing on the show and i'm going to start with what's in my glass right now my bourbon of the year for 2021 now keep in mind this is not like the whiskey advocate list where it's a release that came out in 2021 this is something that i discovered during this year So, bourbon of the year, 2021. Look at this. I've got banners and everything. You guys aren't going to believe the amount of preparation I did. It took me it took me nearly a half an hour. So, I hope everybody <laughs> hope everybody appreciates the effort here today. The bourbon of the year, 2021. I wish I had Jeff here to give me a drum roll right now. Smoke Wagon. Small batch, straight bourbon whiskey. Believe it or not, this bourbon comes out of Las Vegas, Nevada. So it's the perfect whiskey for this show. I just wish I had discovered it sooner. I had heard good things for a long time. I was never able to get my hands on it because they don't distribute in Florida yet. So finally, while I was up visiting my sister and brother-in-law and my parents over the summer. Uh, I found it at a, uh, at a liquor store up in New York because they only distribute to three or four States. The last time I checked, Florida is not one of them. New York is. Um, I have reached out to them to try and get samples. Uh, I didn't hear back, but smoke wagon. If you guys hear me, send me anything. You could ship it, like pour it into a shoe and mail it to me, please. Um, my my brother-in-law was gracious enough to uh, get me, my sister and brother-in-law were gracious enough to get me a bottle of the uncut. Hold on one second. Right here, uncut and unfiltered. Smoke wagon. Las Vegas is not the place you would think to find excellent bourbon, but... Apparently it is um, this stuff. It, a, a lot of times when I try a new whiskey, you know, the bottle needs to open up a little bit. This stuff from the first pour was outstanding. It's got the perfect around, amount of sweetness, the perfect amount of like toasted cereal flavors, the perfect amount of caramel vanilla. It's just a perfectly balanced bourbon. Uh, I love everything about it. Uh, I I damn near went through an entire bottle the first night I found it, the first night I tried it. Uh, I'm not going to open the uncut one yet because maybe there's a chance for Smoke Wagon to go back-to-back -back whiskey of the year, bourbon of the year in 2022. So I'll wait until maybe tomorrow to open that one. <laughs> and we'll see. Maybe they'll make bourbon of the year twice in a row but if you can get your hands on this it's just so well done um you know 92 proof so it's like right in that perfect wheelhouse i i usually like you know 94 to just under 100 is like the perfect proof point for something that you could sip on through an entire fight night um you know without getting too banged up you know anything in the higher proofs like 100 to 120 to 130s uh, you only want to have like one of those maybe two um but that this is just it's such great whiskey and um it, the fact that it comes from vegas is just so surprising because when you think about great bourbon whiskey obviously you think kentucky you know maybe venture out a little bit to tennessee and then there's a few other places that are that are making great whiskey in the United States, but 
I mean, if you had to pinpoint most of it, it would come from that bourbon belt area. So cheers to Smoke Wagon for uh, the bourbon of the year, 2021, the small batch bourbon. So folks, get your hands on that uh, if you have the means. All right. Um, let's stick with the whiskeys, the scotch of the year, 2021. And this one's going to be a little bit of a bummer. Because rumor has it, it's been discontinued. So, of course, I get my hands on it this year, finally, and then it's gone. Um, so I've been stockpiling this. I've been hoarding it. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, some people have been stocking up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer. I've been stocking up on whiskey that's hard to find. So to each their own. Don't judge me. I won't judge you. Um, but this is an Isla Scotch, so it's on the smoky side, and it comes from Lafroig. I always say Lafroig, just because that's how I like to say it. But it is actually Lafroig, uh, and it is the triple wood. So this this Scotch is another one that, as soon as I opened the bottle, I knew I was gonna be in love with this one, and uh, actually filmed uh, a detailed tasting notes on this for the other YouTube channel that's yet to be launched, uh, the Whiskey Round. Um, but this is just a perfectly balanced scotch. It's got everything you would want from an Isla scotch. It's got that deep, rich smokiness. It's got that oaky flavor to it. It's got the sea salt. It's got the sea breeze. It's got the, I don't know. Whatever else you find in the sea, seaweed, it's got it all. Um, but then it's got like a real subtle sweetness to it that just kind of like hides under the surface and helps lift all the other flavors up. Uh, it's really just a fantastic scotch. You can see I, I made my way pretty far through this bottle. Um, it's not going to last very long. Uh, if you do see this on the shelf, grab a bottle. Um, I, I've seen it a few times where I passed on it, uh, where it was over $100. If you can find it for $70 to $80, um, definitely jump on this bottle. Uh, from what I understand, it's been discontinued. I don't know if that's just in the United States or if that's worldwide. Um, so there's that. My brother-in-law says good choice. We actually discovered this one. I brought it up to his house and we tried it at the same time. So um, that's that. That's the that's the whiskey portion of the awards. Where shall we go from here, folks? Let me just say this is one of the best years for MMA ever. Um, you know, the UFC made the great business choice to power through the pandemic and and do all their testing and go out to fight Island. And they were able to keep, you know, most of their fighters on the roster because of that. Uh, so because they did all that last year, they were able to sustain through 2021 as well and put on just some of the best cards there have been. And I, I didn't do a, a best event award just because there's been so many and it's, you know, how do you say one's better than the other? There's more title shots or, uh, you know, whatever the case. But, you know, there there were a lot of fight nights that were fantastic. The the fight, just the fights were so great. Not, not much was on the line, not even, you know, higher contendership or anything like that. But, you know, the, the fights themselves were just fantastic. And it, a lot of them were those sleeper cards that, uh, not a lot of people were excited about and some people were even shitting on them a little bit. And I would be on here every week trying to be positive with you guys and telling you all the things you should be looking out for. And then lo and behold, those cards would be great. Um, I've really enjoyed watching MMA this year. There's There's been a lot of other great things as well. There's been a lot of fun bare knuckle stuff. Um, there's been some good Bellator fights. You know, Paul Daly and Sabah Hamasi was one of the best fights of the year over in Bellator. 
Um, so it's good to see, you know, other promotions doing well. Obviously, that's that's the best case for the sport. That's how the fighters are going to get more money. Um, and yeah, that's that's the bottom line with that. Pretty much, it's how the fighters are going to get more money if there's competition. You know, if, there, if it's just the UFC running a monopoly, um, then the fighters don't have any bargaining chips. They can't go anywhere else. Um, we've had bare knuckle MMA come out this year. That was, that was a hot mess. I don't know if you guys saw any of that, but, uh, that was just a disaster. There's fireworks going off outside my window right now. So everybody's excited about this award show. I, this is people tracked down where I live and they found out when the show was going live and they're shooting off fireworks for the occasion. So, you can't get much bigger than this, folks. I mean, you know you're doing something right when all you do is pour yourself a whiskey and talk about fighting every week and people come outside your window and start shooting off fireworks for you. I mean, that's that's the sheer definition of success, I think. All right, let's see. Let's start at the top. And I want to start at the top with the big award the big superlative, whatever you want to call it. We'll, we'll call them awards. The fight of the year, 2021. The reason I want to start here is because I don't have a creative answer for this one. I tried so hard to come up with something unique, uh, something outside the box. You know, I did mention Paul Daly, Sabah Masi. I feel like that was a fantastic fight that not a lot of people talked about. But at the end of the day, how do you not go with Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler? I mean, that fight was just insane. Uh, and I can't remember having more of a reaction to a fight while I was going on than that fight. Except for maybe the fight right after that, Billy Quarantello and Shane Burgos, which I have to give a shout out to those two as well, because that was one of the greatest fights of the year by far, in my opinion, as well. And if they didn't have to follow Gaethje and Chandler, um, you know, they would definitely be in the conversation. I, I saw they, they made a few people's lists, but um, definitely an honorable mention for them. And I'm not just saying that because Billy Q is my buddy and he's been on the show and, and we've trained together and everything like that. That fight was just insane. And the fact that Billy fought the third round on one leg just shows his toughness. We already know how tough Shane Burgos is. Um, so there's that, but, uh, my pick has to go to Gaethje and Chandler. I mean, that fight was just nuts. Uh, it answered a lot of questions for us. Um, obviously Michael Chandler is, is more concerned with putting on an explosive performance than he is with winning the fight. You know, he wants to go out there and swing for the fences and fight like a wild man and put on a show more so than he wants to actually win the fight. And I think he proved that in the cage with Gaethje. Um, because he could have taken a different approach. He could have taken a more wrestling-heavy approach. But then again, we had questions answered about Justin Gaethje because a lot of people were questioning his grappling since the Khabib fight. You know, did Habib really expose a weakness in Gaethje's game? And the answer was... A resounding no, because Gaethje showed some phenomenal defensive wrestling against Michael Chandler, who is an amazing wrestler himself. You know, we all know that Justin Gaethje was a Division I All-American in Colorado. Um, but the question has always been, does he keep wrestling? Can he use it in the cage? That leg pass that he hit to defend the takedown from Michael Chandler, where he reached underneath Chandler and grabbed his leg to reverse the takedown, that is such a high-level defensive wrestling maneuver. Um, I've probably only met a handful of people in my life who could pull that off. Uh, so when I saw that, I was so impressed with that more than anything else in that fight. But really what it comes down to is it's two of the hardest-hitting guys in the division, two of the hardest-hitting guys pound for pound in the sport who were hitting each other hard for 15 minutes. Both of them had flash knockouts at some point in the fight. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was madness. It was chaos. There was grappling. There was big strikes. There was near knockouts. Um, how could you want anything more from a fight than that? 
Um, another honorable mention for me was Gregor Gillespie and Diego Fidea. Uh, that fight was just bonkers. The grappling scrambles in that fight, uh, I could watch that one over and over. So that, that was a really good one for me. Um, I know that uh, it wouldn't make it too high on a lot of people's lists. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I like the grappling exchanges and, and that had it all. And it had some good striking as well. So cheers to all the fights of the year. And, you know, there were so many. Volkanovski and Ortega was amazing. There was there were so many great fights this year. Um, I, it, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot as well. Okay. Shout out to my buddy, John. Happy New Year's. Cheers. Thanks for popping on the show. Uh, Mark says, no brainer. It was Gaethje Chandler. Yeah, I mean, I almost felt a little silly picking it because that's that's got to be the top of everybody's list. Like, how did you... I just kicked some kind of toy on the floor here that started talking to me, and I thought somebody was in here with me. So I'm going to take another drink. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of MMA and you watch that fight, like, how are you not on the edge of your seat? That that was just that fight was just insane. All right, let's keep on going. I guess we'll work our way from the top of my list down, and it's no, it's in no particular order. Male fighter of the year, two thousand twenty-one. For me, it was Kamaru Usman. Um, this guy, the things he did, staying dominant. At the top of the food chain at welterweight, 2021, taking a second lap through the division. Um, this guy is just an outstanding champion. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to say that he's the greatest welterweight of all time, but after the year he had, he's he's well on his way. Uh, you look at just just the way he did it. You know, he got in there with Gilbert Burns. And who's a guy he used to train with a guy who used, who used to submit him regularly in the training room. Uh, and here's just another thing that shows the mental strength of Kamaru Usman, because he's standing across from a guy who's probably tapped him a few hundred times in the training room. And Gilbert knows this. So think about the mental obstacle he had to come. He had to overcome not only to beat him, but he didn't even play it safe. He knocked him out. You know, he didn't he didn't play it like, you know, Woodley played against Maya, you know, just to retain the title. He went out there to finish him and he did. Uh, then he gets back in there with Masvidal, who I believe Masvidal was a favorite in the rematch because it was short notice for him. And that was the storyline coming out of the first fight. How if Masvidal had time for, to prepare and, you know, get his weight better. And he had all of that in the second fight. And Usman has one of the best knockouts of the year where he shows he shows that he has true knockout power, scary knockout power. And then the fight with Colby Covington, that was another one. That was another one of the best fights of the year. It was back and forth. You had the drama behind it. You had the rivalry. Um, you know, the first fight was crazy. Did he break his jaw? Did he not? Um, you know, Colby wanted it so bad. He believed he could beat him. Um, and, and it was another instance where Usman showed that he can tune out all the bullshit. He can tune out all the drama and he can go in there and win and defend his title. And he's pretty much showing that there's nobody on the roster at 170 pounds who can compete with him right now. You know, we're, we've gotten to the point where we're looking for other people to fight him. We're looking for, you know, should we give Shemaev a title shot already after only nine fights? You know, like what else is there for him? Should we bring Poirier up from 155? You know, does he stand a chance with Usman? Um, you know, we know Usman's not going to go up to 185. It's a little bit too big of a jump for him. And he's buddies with Adesanya, so that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, you're you're witnessing sheer dominance in this division right now. 
And that's why for me, Usman uh, was the male fighter of the year. Uh, he fought three times, which, you know, if any other champion defended their titles, uh, who else defended a title three times this year? I can't think of anybody. I might be wrong there. Feel free to correct me. But, and, it, you know, a lot of people are picking Charles Oliveira, including Mark here. Um, I, you know, I can't, I can't say you're wrong for picking Oliveira. He had a fantastic year. The, the problem I have with the 155 pound division though, is the fact that Dustin Poirier chose to fight with Conor McGregor over the fight with Oliveira the first time. And, um, you know, that kind of like, unfortunately for Oliveira, it, it cheapened, it cheapened the, uh, that title for me. But I, I think even if he had fought Poirier earlier and, and beaten him, I think I would still go with Usman. Um, let's see. Oh, Jeff Wilson, whoever that guy is, says it's Brandon Moreno. That, you know, it's hard to argue with that, too. And and I do have Brandon Moreno on here, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, all right, Female Fighter of the Year, 2021. Now, I kind of went a little bit back and forth on this one. But before I talk about the Female Fighter of the Year, let me just acknowledge the passing of the great Betty White, which I uh, just heard about uh, shortly before turning on the podcast here. 99 years old, a national treasure, Miss Betty White. Rest in peace. Cheers to you, Betty White. She's up there with all the rest of the Golden Girls now. I believe she was the last one. So before we celebrate Female Fighter of the Year, let's celebrate the life of Betty White and uh, the comedic work that she graced us with. One of my favorite bad movies is Lake Placid, the movie about the giant alligator that lived in a lake in upstate New York. Uh, and Betty White was in that. And, and she plays like a crazy lady who feeds cows to the giant alligator. And uh, it's a terrible movie. Like, it, it, it's shot horribly. It has bad jokes. Uh, but I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. Female fighter of the year. The year 2021. I went back and forth with this one a little bit. Because Rose Namajunas, obviously, you know, she won the title back. Uh, she defended it against the person. You know, everybody thought it was a fluke. That um that she beat Wiley the first time, and she comes back and beats her again, and proves she's the better woman. But I have to give it to Valentina Shevchenko, because here's the thing: Shevchenko fought twice. She had two finishes. She defended her title twice. She's the only female who went into 2021 as a champion and left as a champion in the UFC. And she's established a level of greatness that has to be so much pressure to carry on her shoulders because she's expected to demolish everyone who stands in front of her. And she demolished everyone that stood in front of her in 2021. So for me, she was the best female fighter in 2021. Now, I, if anybody picked Rose Namajunas, um, yeah, that's a great pick too. I mean, I was kind of back and forth on the two because I I said, you know, Shevchenko didn't have like the high profile wins. I think there was a lot more hype between the Namajunas and Wiley Zhang feud and the fact that, you know, was it a fluke, the head kick knockout in the first fight? Was it stopped too early? You know, there was all that debate and she came back and, and proved everybody wrong that was doubting her. Um, but for me, the fact that Shevchenko came into the year 
Um, and everyone expected her to win every fight and retain the title. And she fulfilled that. That was more impressive to me. So uh, I'm going with Valentina Shevchenko for the female fighter of 2021. And, and let's not forget that both of her wins over Jessica Andrade and Laura Murphy were finishes. Um, so, you know, say what you want about the level of competition. It's not her fault uh, that she's clearing out this division uh, and that, you know, the UFC and, and a lot of the fans don't want to see her move back up to uh, fight Amanda Nunez, which, you know, now Nunez isn't the champion anymore. Um, maybe we'll be more likely to see her move up. You know, if Amanda decides she wants to stay at 145 uh, and Juliana Pena um, isn't given the rematch with Nunez, it might make sense for uh, Valentina to move back to 135 next year. She's got a win over Juliana Pena, a submission win at that. So it might be a good time for her to move up. Uh, in the meantime, you, you know, you got to dig pretty deep to find some prospects. Uh, Casey O'Neill, who, you know, was one of the breakout fighters of 2021, uh, still a little bit young in her career, in my opinion. Uh, but she had, you know, made her UFC de debut this year and, and won three fights, I believe, and uh, possibly finished them all. I don't know if I got that right, but let's just say I did. It's my show. I can drink if I want to. Um, yeah, so there's that. Let's see. I just kind of created a category, and this is singular performance of the year because I was thinking about who is the fighter of the year, who is the most impressive, and I kind of, you know, I bounced that around for three or four minutes or so, and... um. But a name I kept coming back to that I couldn't justify as the fighter of the year, but just performances that stuck out to me, Max Holloway, particularly his performance over Calvin Cater earlier in the year, where he landed 445 significant strikes on a man and broke his own record for most significant strikes in a year, and then went on to have the fight he had with Yair Rodriguez. Um, so I couldn't get through giving out awards without mentioning Max Holloway because Max Holloway it has has been this year, you know, again, as in many other years, one of the standout performers on the entire roster. So the performance of the year 2021 for me was Max Holloway over Calvin Cater. It was a next level boxing clinic against a guy who is a phenomenal boxer in Calvin Cater. And uh, I believe Calvin Cater is fighting Giga Chikadze, if I'm not wrong, uh, earlier in, in 2022. Um, so that, that'll be a fun one. And Max is saying second best 145er on the planet. Uh, hard to disagree with that since he has two losses to the current champ. Um, but yeah, those performances over, um, over Calvin Cater and, and over Yair Rodriguez, I couldn't get through celebrating and toasting to 2021 without mentioning those performances. So I just made up a category performance of the year, 2021 Max Holloway over Calvin Cater. Okay. This is a category that. Mark Fellows, our very own Mark Fellows, actually created and gave me the idea for, and I just loved it so much. It's the John Jones fuck-up of the year, 2021. And this award is saved for someone who, whose personal life outside of the cage is just such a disaster that you have to raise a glass to it and say, wow, what a fuck-up you are. And we have to name it after... The biggest fuck up there is John Jones and the winner of the John Jones fuck up of the year 2021 award is John Jones. <laughs> so the first inaugural recipient of the John Jones fuck up of the year 
award is John Jones. And, you know, there were some other contenders. There were some some fighters who did some pretty heinous shit. You know, some some guys who went to jail. There was there was Mike Perry, um, who's, you know, not even an MMA fighter anymore. So I guess that's not relevant. But you have to give it to John Jones this year. Um, you know, the, the stuff in Vegas with the things that he allegedly did to his wife in front of his kids and the fact that the kids asked the security guard to, to call the cops. And then let's not forget the, the actual MMA fuck ups that he had, you know, he forfeits his light heavyweight title to move up to heavyweight as a bargaining chip which essentially handed over the only bargaining chip he had and then tried to bargain. And it's just whoever is advising this guy on his career is just doing a horrible job because I maintain John Jones is the single greatest talent we've ever seen in MMA. I'll argue that point, you know, until I'm done with this show or until, you know, nobody cares to listen anymore which might be the very near future. Um, but the way he's managed his career, I mean, he got, he got kicked out of his gym. And for, for Jackson and Wink to, to send him somewhere else, after all the shit that they've put up with, all the failed drug tests, the hiding under the cage and, and peeing under the cage when USADA was looking for him, all the... The drunk driving, the, the, the hitting the pregnant woman, hit and run, all the stuff that they've put up with. The fact that they actually said, John, this is enough. Like, come on. He's got to be the John Jones fuck up of the year award recipient in 2021. Um, but yeah, like Jeff says, Mike Perry should get an honorable mention. Uh, he's done some very unsavory things this year. Um, if this award existed last year, it probably would have gone to Conor McGregor. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. So there it is. All right. This is one I kind of made up on my own. I'm calling this the Wall Street Awards. Uh, shout out to the Sound of Violence podcast for dropping in. Says that Bill and Mark, two of his favorite people in the MMA space. Cheers, everybody. Well, cheers to you, Chris or Pulver, whichever one of you manages the comments. Um, all right. Well, speaking of cheers, I might as well, uh, pour another one out here you guys have never tuned into the sound of violence basically what they do is they summarize all of the weekly mma content and filter through it and tell you what's good and bad and of course uh we're always honored here at uh, mma on the rocks uh to be mentioned by them because they listen to everything so you know, the fact that they go out of their way to talk about us means we're doing something right here. Cheers is all around. I hope everybody's got a drink in their hands because if not, I think I'm drinking enough for all of us on the show this evening. So the Wall Street Awards. This is a dual award for whose stock has gone up the most 2021 and whose stock has gone down the most. In 2021 makes sense perfect the person whose stock has gone up the most in 2021 for me is brandon moreno this guy went from a relative unknown in the world of mma to having a completely classic match with davison figueredo that went to a tie only due to a point deduction. Uh, that fight was phenomenal. Moreno was expected to get blown away. And then he comes back and beats Figueredo in the rematch, becoming the first Mexican-born UFC champion in history. 
From then, he went on to great media opportunities on the Spanish-speaking side of the UFC. He became a, fa a face of the UFC Performance Institute. Um, and he's just like a good dude. Every time they put a camera on this guy, he's like playing with action figures or reading comic books or, uh, you know, just acting like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, from, from a PR perspective, you can't go wrong talking about Brandon Moreno. There's just, you know, the guys, the guys is golden. And I was so happy for him to see him have so much success in 2021. And I don't personally know how everybody else measures success, but if you see the smile on that guy's face, you know, he's feeling on top of the world. He's feeling like he's doing everything right. And in 2021, I feel like he did enough to win the Wall Street Award for, for the person whose stock has gone up the most this year. Um, so there you go. I mean, he's he's been able to, you know, buy a nice house and, and provide for his family. And here's a guy who, you know, if you see the clip of him uh, being interviewed post-fight saying that he's going to be UFC champion one day, and then you see a picture of him holding up the title and, um, you know, you see the, the way that he's celebrated by the people of Mexico and the people around the world. Um, you can't help but feel good for that guy. So there's that. Now we got to go for the person whose stock has gone down the most in 2021. And it kind of pains me to do this because I, I tend to be a pretty positive guy. All right. The Wall Street Award for the person whose stock has gone down the most in 2021, unfortunately, has to go to Aljamain Sterling. Now, you know, you could say, you know, someone like John Jones, the stock has gone down, but, you know, people are talking about him. You know, there's still people coming to his defense for some reason. For me, it's Aljamain Sterling and I don't necessarily agree with the reasons why, um, you know, he was fouled in his fight against Peter Jan and won the world championship on a disqualification. I don't think anybody's stock has ever fallen more for winning a world championship than Aljamain Sterling because, you know, people shit on him for saying he was acting. He wasn't really hurt. Um, you know, he was looking for a way out. And listen, it, I've been needing the head before. It fucking hurts. I wouldn't want to continue either. <laughs> I don't blame the guy. And I, I don't know if he knew at the time that he was going to be given the world championship. Like maybe it would have been a no contest and, you know, they would have rematched. But here's why I say his stock went down is because the guy couldn't take a right turn after this happened. You know, he tried to play the heel and kind of lean into it and do like the Henry Cejudo thing. And it just didn't work. Aljo's such a nice guy. Like people didn't buy into it. He didn't lean into it quite enough to become that heel character. So people kind of looked at him like a cornball for doing that and then ripped into him even more for winning the title on, on a technicality, I guess you could say. Then he was supposed to have the rematch, but he needed a neck surgery. So it was just a series of unfortunate events for Aljamain Sterling. And even though I'm giving him the award for the person whose stock has fallen the most, this is, you know, this is with my peers in the MMA podcasting community, uh, you know, on MMA Twitter, you know, whatever space you happen to be in with in the MMA universe. Um, the general consensus is a dislike for Aljamain Sterling. And, even though I'm giving him this award, I'm defending him at the same time because I feel bad for the guy. You know, it's not his fault he got fouled. And then he just wasn't prepared for the shitstorm that came his way. And he tried a few different angles and then he needed a neck surgery. And it was just every time the guy showed his face, every time he put something on Twitter, every time he put something on Instagram, anywhere on social media, there was just somebody, you know, calling him out 
for being a paper champion. And then you have whoever's running Peter Jan's uh, social media shitting on the guy every chance he gets. And I, I firmly believe that Peter Jan has no idea that's going on. Uh, but that's a whole other story. So there it is. The Wall Street Awards for 2021. The stock that's gone up the most. Brandon Marino. The stock that's gone down the most. Aljamain Sterling. So congratulations and apologies, respectively. The knockout of the year. 2021. A lot of people picked Kamaru Usman over Jorge Masvidal. Amazing knockout. That was a great one. Uh, another one that stuck out, Alex Padilla in his UFC debut. Uh, that flying knee. That was incredible. For me, just because of the creativity, because of the setup, because of the circumstances in the fight, it was Yuri Prohaska over Dominic Reyes. This fight was wild off the bat. It was back and forth in the first round. Reyes was trying to expose the grappling of Prohaska. He was doing a great job countering him. And then Prohaska started to turn the tide, take over the fight a little bit. He was laying back. He was countering more. And then he gets Dominic Reyes up against the cage. He hits him with a forward elbow. And then if you watch it back, he stops and plants and then throws the spinning back elbow. So it wasn't like... I'll compare it to Yair Rodriguez knocking out Korean Zombie, where he kind of just flings that elbow and, you know, it happened to work out one second left. This was timed. It was calculated. It was a very precise spinning back elbow strike, which is a very hard strike to land. If you've ever done striking in any capacity, Elbows are a hard thing to land, you know, unless you're tied up in a clinch or you're on the ground, uh, hitting some ground and pound. It's hard to hit someone with an elbow out in the open just because it's too easy for somebody to see coming. You can't just lunge in and get close enough to somebody to hit them with an elbow uh, when you're, you know, at an arm's length away. You know, John Jones is one of the only people that I know of that can pull it off from a decent striking distance. So the fact that he was able to hit him with a spinning back elbow that was so precise and so well-timed, um, you know, and he even said that he saw Dominic Reyes was lowering his hands when he was up against the cage. So he knew exactly what he was doing. That's why Yuri Prohaska uh, gets the knockout of the year, 2021 for me. And that's just me. There were a lot of great knockouts. Let's see. What do I have in my, uh, Okay. Kamaru Usman, obviously, another honorable mention for me was Chris Barnett over John Volante. That was nuts. The athleticism, the the sheer, like, how the fuck did he do that moment of it? The spinning wheel kick knockout to his face. When, if you look at the dimensions of these two, you wouldn't even think that Chris Barnett's foot could reach the face of Jean Vellante. And not only did he do it, he did it while he was spinning around in a circle. And then he did a backflip, no, a front flip and landed on his ass. It, it was like one of the most athletic displays from a big man I've ever seen inside the cage or anywhere else for that matter. So you have to give an honorable mention to Chris Barnett over Jean Vellante. And then um, for me, another one that was just, you know, a straight punch knockout was Dan Ige over Gavin Tucker. Um, just because I believe Ige was an underdog going into that one, as he often is in a lot of his fights. Um, yeah. And that's that. Mark says that a front flip uh, celebration of a KO deserves its own award. All right, let's make it. The award for the uh, Chris Barnett front flip is uh, <laughs> Chris Barnett. <laughs> So there we have it. Uh, we're coming down to the end here. I didn't make a whole lot of categories, guys, but we're, we're creeping up on an hour here, so we're doing all right. Submission of the year, 2021. Um, you know, since I did this show a little bit late, I'll be honest with you guys, I cheated, and I looked at a few other people's lists. And a lot of people had 
rear naked chokes um, as their submission of the year. And for me, when I think about MMA and I think about rear naked chokes, I think about it as more of a way out for people. I'm not accusing people of, of quitting because they got put in a rear naked choke, but it it's one of the easier submissions to defend, especially with the gloves. Um, but it's one of the highest percentage as far as submission submissions go. So one of the ones that's gotten the most, and that's because when fighters feel like they have no way out and they're not going to win and they do that mental math inside the cage, you know, they'll give up their back and they'll let that choke get in and you know, all right, we're done here. Let's, let's get on with it. Let's go to the next one. And I'm not shaming anybody for this either. There's no shame in it. Uh, It doesn't make you any less of a fighter. Like sometimes shit just doesn't go your way on a certain night. And, um, you need that way out. But for me, I like something that's a little bit different. Um, earmuffs, Mark. Uh, for me, the submission of the year was Amanda Nunes over Megan Anderson. Uh, she had the inverted triangle that she turned into one of the nastiest arm bars I've ever seen. And I think it looked even more gruesome because Megan's limbs are so long. But you know, the way she set it up, the execution, the just the ferocity of that submission. You know, when I think about all the submissions this year, um, you know, and we've seen some good ones. Um, that one just really sticks out to me. Um, and it, it was just something different. You know, you don't see a whole lot of inverted triangles uh, in, in, the, in MMA and Largely because you have to get into some very unusual positions to set them up. Um, so the the setup was the setup was fantastic, and the finish was just so violent. Um, and it was such a quick win for Amanda, you know, defending her title for the first time, 2021, back in March, I believe. Uh, so for me, the submission of the year was Amanda Nunez over Megan Anderson. Uh, honorable mentions, Vicente Luque for his submissions over Tyron Woodley and Michael Chiesa, both with Darce chokes. Um, I was more impressed with the submission of Chiesa because when I was breaking down that fight and thinking about, I always think about paths to victory for both guys. Right. Um, so obviously I was thinking Luque was going to want to keep it on the feet, turn it into a boxing match. Um, but he wound up submitting Michael Chiesa, who on paper is the better grappler. Uh, but Luke just showed a whole other dimension to his game. You know, going into 2021, I think a lot of people were probably worried about facing him because of his striking. You know, he's one of the fiercest strikers in the division. So accurate, so much power, uh, you know, knockout capability. Now you got to worry about this guy choking you unconscious, too. You know, he's choking out guys. Tyron Woodley's a black belt. Michael Chiesa's a black belt. He submitted them both this year. So when you're talking about grappling in 2021, you have to mention Vicente Luque. And another person you have to mention is Gerald Mearshart. Because Gerald Mearshart ended 2020 getting knocked out by Ian Heinish and getting knocked out by Kamzat Shemaev. You know, who is this young up-and-coming kid moving up a weight class? And just kind of smoked Gerald. Gerald comes back into 2021, submits three people. So if you're talking about the best grapplers of 2021, Gerald Mearshart's in that conversation, in my opinion. So is Vicente Luque. Um, you know, many others. I, I talked about the Gregor Gillespie, Diego Fidea fight. You know, if you want to you want to see some high-level grappling scrambles, go back and watch that fight. Um amazing so there's been a lot of a lot of good submissions this year all right here's an award dedicated to a man who's not with us for a little while 
Jeff the Animal Wilson. So the Animal Wilson contribution to the show award, 2021. And it's going to Mark Fellows. Mark pretty much catches every single show live. I'm not sure how time zones work in Australia. (laughs) But no matter what time of day we start this show, which is all over the map, Mark seems to be right there with some one-liners ready to go uh, as soon as the show starts. I don't know how he does it. He must have his notifications turned on, which, by the way, folks, if you want to be a recipient of this award at some point in your lives, turn on those notifications and make sure you're subscribed to all our channels. You can catch a show live on Facebook if we're not kicked off of Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, But Mark Fellows... Uh, you're always here in the comments, uh, putting a smile on our faces with your one-liners and your diehard support of your, of your fellow countrymen fighters. And, and we definitely appreciate it. I couldn't give the award to Jeff cause it's named after him. I know I gave the John Jones award to the John Jones fuck up of the year, but uh, don't question my logic, guys. The award goes to Mark Fellows, but it's named after Jeff. So let's raise a drink to both of those guys. Cheers. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Apologies. I'm, I meant New Year's Eve. All right. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year to those of you on the other side of the globe where the year has already changed. Um, what can I say? I... I am genuinely flattered that people take time out of their days to stop and listen to this show or watch this show or however you consume this show. Um, It's been so much fun for me over the years. Uh, I'm glad I could get on here and, uh, you know, have some drinks with you guys and talk about something that I'm passionate about with you guys and um and gals and you know those of you out there who are between guys and girls and you know all the rest all of you um it's just been really cool it's been really fun um i don't know when the next show is gonna be when the first show of 2022 will be uh because we don't have we still got we're still in an mma drought here but um Yeah. If you miss us in the meantime, while you're waiting for a new episode, could order some merchandise from our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper Reaper1.co is the website, of course. You can use the promo code MMAROCKS10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. Save yourself 10% on your entire order. Whether you're buying our merchandise or not, you can support many other fighters a lot of whom have been on this show in the past year or even longer ago. Uh, So you can go on there and grab some of that stuff. I know Christmas shopping and everything was a hard hit on everybody. So, you know, do what you want. Maybe buy yourself something. Take those Visa gift cards your your weird aunt that you never talked to sent you and uh, get onto the Team Reaper website. Buy yourself an over-the-top, under-the-influence hoodie t-shirt or tank top and i believe we have some more merchandise in the works in the next year or so um i'm not a big new year's resolution guy i'm never the one that's telling people i'm gonna do x y and z next year and trying to fulfill goals i actually made a resolution let's see it was 13 years ago to never make another resolution and i've stuck to it But um, as far as just general goals for the coming year, uh, first of all, finally launching the Risky Round uh, YouTube channel that I've been promising you guys forever. I have several episodes um, recorded. I just have to figure out how to edit them. I have the logo. I have all the social media and, and all that stuff together. If anybody out there does video editing for free, 
or, you know, lives in the vicinity and is willing to work for whiskey, please contact me and let's work something out because the video editing is, uh, is what has been delaying me the most besides, you know, waiting for the logo to be completed, which we have. Um, yeah. So there's that reach out to me and reach out to me with anything else. At MMA on the Rocks, anywhere on social media. You can send me an email if you want. MMA on the Rocks at gmail.com. I answer, mostly. I try, anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I open Twitter, and I haven't been on it in, like, six days. And I see people that have been trying to talk to me. And I just, uh... Sorry, guys. I'm an old man. What do you want? I'm not hip to the social media stuff. I don't even know how... I don't even know how smartphones work, really. In any case, I hope everybody has a happy, healthy New Year's Eve and a happy, healthy 2022. Um, this was it. This was an hour of me just talking about my favorite things in regards to MMA in 2021. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you continue listening on and all the sharing, all the commenting all the positive feedback, all the criticism, all the trolls too. I appreciate everybody. So uh, happy new year from Jeff the Animal Wilson. Wait, right there. <laughs> Cameras are tricky. And happy new year from me. That's all we got. So until next time, you guys know the deal. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.